feeling like a complete animal right now. I was fucking uh, driving here, and you know, I drive a manual, and I was yeah, I was fucking eating an ice cream sandwich <laughs> while I was driving. And cause I had, I forgot, I, I had one in the freezer and I had been saving, uh, I forgot about it and I was excited to eat it today and I was like, well, fuck it, I want it now. It's gonna be great, I'm gonna eat it on the drive over, but I was like, as I was driving, I was, you know, shifting with this ice cream sandwich in my hand. I fucking lost my vape down the side of the seat. So the whole time I was driving down the highway, I was just like speeding, fucking reaching down, reaching under the seat with one ice cream sandwich in the other hand, <laughs> swerving all over the fucking, <laughs> trying to find my my vape under the seat. And I didn't find it until like I literally like pulled up to your <laughs> place. I'm just picturing you driving, just like, <laughs> all the while, like all the while, like yelling at the person in front of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like drive better. <laughs> fucking ice cream in my teeth. <laughs> uh, I just well, I'm glad nothing happened. No, not this time, but eventually it will. Eventually, I'll also come to my own vices. Um, you know, I'll probably just get shoved underneath a semi one of these days. As I'm yelling at it for going too slow, mm -hmm. I fully accept my karmic fate um, that that will eventually be hammered down onto me. But until then, it's just one big fucking party, you know. <laughs> it's kind of similar, uh, if not exactly the same, as uh, the party that old Mr. Billy Gates has, has had over the course of his entire life. You know, it's been nothing but ice cream sandwiches and fucking vapes and speeding over the over the line for him. Going to see the future. I'm Bill Gates. Yeah, well, according to that documentary inside uh, Bill Gates's brain, the Netflix one. What the hell was that called? It was like Inside Bill's Brain, decoding Bill Gates. De right, decoding the ultra computer that is Bill Gates's brain, the Omni brain, and uh, it opens with a a reenactment scene of. I think it's supposed to be Bill Gates just speeding down the highway and swerving out of control. And it's supposed to give this impression that he's just really just unhinged. And in his younger days, he really... Well, he was. He was a bad boy. He was a fucking brat. Yeah. <laughs> he was unhinged. He threw temper tantrums. You know, it's just... <laughs> it's, it, fully, it fully encapsulizes his entire personality. And uh, with that, I want to welcome everybody to the show. Yeah, welcome to the Hexaw Podcast, everybody. Yeah. We're back. We're back at it. We're here, we're here, we're queer, we're ready to podcast. Yeah, exactly. And uh, once again, I'm Jordan, and I am joined over here by... Everett. That's right. That's, That's right. me. And today, we are uh, highlighting a figure we all know and grew up with, uh, Mr. Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Sort of continuing... Uh, our topic on the mega billionaires. Yeah, similar to when we covered Elon Musk, Bill Gates is much, I guess, he's much more ingrained in the minds of the world, though, in in a positive light. And it's done, he's done that on purpose. Like, that's been, that was purposely done. Uh, Elon Musk kind of shot up into his position using his kind of uh, relatable twitter usage where he would he would kind of relate to people like, oh yeah, i'm a gamer or i'm a fucking oh yeah like i, I love ramen 
Yeah. Like kind of shit. <laughs> I'm really into anime. Yeah, he just this kind of weird buzzwords thing where we all know he's a hollow shell of a human, but he tries to like relate to people on like a shallow way that might get him the clicks uh, in the beginning. Yeah, like I've said before, he's found a way to post and meme his way into becoming the wealthiest man in the world. He's jokerified the billionaire class. Right, right. Essentially, yeah. Uh, Bill Gates has been doing... He's the real OG of of controlling the world's <laughs> economy, though. Yeah. Like, he's really... You know, and b- before we get into this... Uh, I want to, I want to add one caveat here. Like, there's been a lot of uh, talk about Bill Gates around the interwebs lately, uh, with his in regards to his involvement in in QAnon and all that kind of like stupid ass bullshit that's going around. And we want to say uh, to anybody who's propagating that, fuck you, because you made this researching this topic very difficult. Because when you try to research <laughs> Bill Gates, it's like the first 20 pages of fucking Google that comes up is just nothing but like Bill Gates putting microchips in vaccines mm-hmm. and shit. And it's just trying to, we got to weed through all that horse shit to get to the actual facts. I had the same problem. I just typed in, I was just searching for things like Bill Gates critique, bad things about Bill Gates, <laughs> Bill Gates, bad, Bill Gates sucks. <laughs> Fuck Bill Gates. You should see my search history. <laughs> And maybe I should have been a little bit more articulate with my searches. No, but you don't need to. Yeah. Uh, Google, they, Google picks, picks it up for you. Yeah. It's great. They, they, they kind of like, oh, I, I kind of know what you're talking about. There you go. So I got on some, some interesting websites, and I just started reading the article and going, like, huh, all right, this is kind of starting off good. And then all of a sudden it gets into like some serious anti-vaxxing stuff, gets into how Bill Gates is the Antichrist and he's going to give us all the mark of the beast. And I mean, and that would be, honestly, I would and, like him more if that was true. I mean, at least that'd be kind of cool. That it, would be, that would be metal as fuck. Pretty and metal. I'd, be, I'd be down with that. That's fine. Like, uh, but the, the reality of the situation is it's so fucking stupid the whole point of the whole microchip and the vaccine thing is like the government tracking you. Mm-hmm. Don't they already fucking do that? We Openly? let them do it. And we let them do that. We just like, oh, I'm going to turn my location on on Snapchat and yeah. see everybody. My my fiance has her Snapchat open and she's showing me that where all of her friends. She has there's a map of the state and it shows where all of her friends are, even when they're just moving in a car. It shows them in a car. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. We largely willingly give up our data and our privacy all the time by We've just been doing it forever. Posting on social media. Yeah. Because like, hey, you know, give up this right to privacy and you get likes and clout. And we're like, that's fair. <laughs> that so, sounds good. So to kind of get that out of the way as a disclaimer, when we're criticizing when we're giving the hacksaw treatment to bill gates here we're not getting into that conspiracy crap no we're just gonna step over that pile of shit we're getting more into the reasons as far as why he's viewed as a good billionaire right yeah because constantly through all the research i constantly find articles and, and citations that say you know of all the billionaire class like bill gates is probably the the best case scenario that we could have in terms of billionaires. Like, no article, nobody will come out and say anywhere anywhere that billionaires are a good thing. Because mm-hmm. emphatically, they're not. 
if you have billionaires in your society, there is something wrong with your society. That is just um, a simple fact of economics. You can't, it, it's hoarding. And the thing about Bill Gates is that he's largely seen as a quote-unquote good billionaire. I think even more so than Elon Musk. Elon Musk has his army of fanboys, but there's also plenty of people who talk shit and criticize Elon Musk yeah, as he... highly praised as he is. With Bill Gates, it's taken to just another level. There is like hardly any criticism of him at, at all. It's, but it, at least now, at least as far as when he turned to philanthropy. Well, that's what did it. There is a, uh, there's a term for exactly what he did, and it's called reputation laundering. Yeah. It's a, this is something that all billionaires attempt to do, and, and the reason why they actually become these like philanthropic institutions. Well, the thing about all that is because they have so much money, they can just buy their own reputation, right? Exactly. Like the reason why it's so hard, one of the reasons why it's so hard to find any real critique or, yeah, criticism against Bill Gates is because he partially funds a lot of news organizations that report about him. One yeah, doesn't he is, own Vox? You were telling me earlier. He's I like a major stakeholder in Vox. Yeah, it's either Vox and or The Guardian. Oh, that's that's like that's awesome. So you could if you don't want anything bad to come out about you, you just buy the people that would say it. Yeah. <laughs> so every once in a while, they'll share an article going, oh, it's Bill Gates's birthday. Let's celebrate uh, the, the greatest, richest man in the world again today. Thank you, Bill Gates, for doing all that you do. Thanks for doing all that, all that help with the uh, disease over in Africa, all that stuff about funding education. It's all great. There is so much to get into. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there is so much to get into on Bill Gates. Like Every single aspect of this man has been sidesteps from people calling him exactly what he is. He was just another brutal CEO, just like all the other CEOs out there. He wasn't really any different from any other. He's like, scumbag, uh, fuck you, I don't care who I step on to get mine. Mm -hmm. uh, CEOs. He's no different than any of those guys. And, and we see those guys as like villains in movies. We see those guys as as uh, antagonists in, in in stories and stuff, and those are supposed to be the bad guys that we fight about, uh, we fight against. You know, those that's the guys that are going to shut down the rec center. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you got to have the ski competition to save it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's it's that's who he is, and it's so disgusting that his reputation has been just bleached over so many times, and now people look at and they look up to him. Right? Yeah. He started out, at least, he had his reputation at first for being just a tyrannical, monopolistic businessman. That was with uh, all the stuff with uh, Microsoft back in the 90s, right? He had a pretty much a monopoly on all computer hardware and most software well, the biggest for problem, a long time. The biggest problem, which eventually led to Microsoft being taken to court by the United States government, <laughs> was... Microsoft uh, was was the the browser wars. Uh, what it was was uh, Microsoft was trying to put a monopoly on internet browsers. Yeah, back, Internet Explorer. Yeah. So what they would do uh, back in the day, there was there was a uh, you know a healthy competition of third party companies coming up and software developers developing new internet browsers or new applications or um, all on the all on the uh, DOS 
uh, operating system, like all, all on that foundation, which, and also into Windows as well. But there was several different competitors, and there was one called Mosaic. There was, uh, uh, which would later become Netscape, I believe. Netscape Navigator. Yeah, and yeah. Or, or something like that. And Microsoft, what they decided to do, their, their big dick move was to package Internet Explorer in with their uh their computers like in with like when you started it up when all their their system dos or whatever was already installed and internet explorer was already on there all these other third-party browsers usually cost money to get like you mm. had to pay for them like it was just like any other software like it was like buying microsoft word it yeah, was like buying yeah. it was like buying anything you know you had to buy it buy the disc and install it mm-hmm. uh we're talking <laughs> you know we're talking fucking dinosaur age computers here you had to fucking buy a disc and install your internet browser that was what it was this was a strike against the antitrust laws that we have in this country that are basically antitrust means anti-monopoly there are certain things that a business can't do when it goes against the quote-unquote free market you know like you can't just have uh, a so-called free market and capitalism you can't have this system running as much as we it gets exploited and stepped on and how fucked up it really is it does have rules, you yeah. know, and that's when you can be taken to court. And what happened was the Department of Justice ruled against Microsoft and found that they were being monopolistic, basically broke Microsoft up into separate companies. Mm-hmm. And immediately following this, this, this big trial was when Bill started to take steps away and uh, started working on getting the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation going. Because immediately he saw that what he really wanted to do uh, wasn't going to happen. He wanted to monopolize the entire um, PC market, computer market. He wanted to own everything. He wanted to be the tyrannical dictator of the entire process. And when he found out that he couldn't do that, he was like, fuck it. I'm, I need to go protect tech my money. That's how niggas made. They got a nigga made. I'm a motherfucking jack and not a slave. Yeah, it's interesting with the whole situation involving the antitrust case against him and all the monopoly shit he was doing. I loved how Bill Gates' response to it, while admitting guilt to it, was just, oh, my bad, I'm I'm sorry. I just didn't really know what all was going on. I was just trying to make do cool things with my computers. And he tries to play it down so hard. And I think that's part of the reputation cleansing as well. He has a lot of PR behind him that I'm sure coach him a bit as far as here's how you present yourself. Here's, here's some lines you can feed people to get them a little bit more on your side, which is to be, you know, be a little bit disarming, be a bit self-deprecating. I have a uh, article from Jacobin Mag here that uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a quote here. Mm-hmm. is that during uh, his company's manic growth period, Gates emerged as a modern Gilded Age tycoon. Even sympathetic biographers refer to Gates's frequent abrasive, quote, quote, abrasive childish rants and, quote, childlike temper tantrums. Uh, this was words used by Gates' uh, former CEO successor. And he would basically go on to say that in meetings, he would talk about, you know, crushing the competition. Like, like he would talk about like these third-party developers that were really just trying to develop software for Microsoft's platform. 
Mm-hmm. Like, they were working <laughs> with Microsoft. Like, they were working for them. Microsoft would have got a huge cut off of anything they've developed for their computers. But Bill Gates would sit there and physically take his fist and grind it into his hand like a fucking... Like the dude from Inspector Gadget. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Dr. Claw. Like Dr. Claw. Or Professor Claw. Professor Claw, Claw in yeah. the corner of the room. Like like Mr. Burns like putting his fingers together in the fucking steeple formation. Just like <laughs> talking about how he's going to destroy these competitions. He's going to destroy these companies. And some of these companies were like two guys that were just, you know, code writers they were just they were just software developers that were you know oh hey guys we've got a great contract with microsoft like we're gonna be developing this app blah, blah, blah. oh i have a great idea i can't wait to show mr gates about it he sees it and he's like fuck you <laughs> crushes you he presses the button and the fucking door opens up underneath you and you slide into the pit of alligators mr burns this is base command the intruder appears to be a young male aged 9 to 11 release the hound <laughs> Yeah, he's like, huh, that makes you potential competition. Well, I, I own you now. Yeah, it's... It, you <laughs> Nothing know, you can do. It's the same stuff where it's like people compare uh, what's-his-face from Apple, Steve Jobs. They compare him to Bill Gates, and they're like, oh, Steve Jobs was the maniacal fucking tyrant, like the way he would act so weird. And he, he gets like... Uh, there's a lot of satire of him, especially on that show, like Silicon Valley. Like, his right. type of personality is, like, very satired throughout the lexicon just as this weird, you know, idiosyncratic dictator mm-hmm. that rules over his company. He wears weird clothes, and he listens to weird music in his office, like, really fucking loud. And he does, like, yoga and stuff. Like yeah. He's, like, kind of, like, become... He, he sort of becomes, like, a character... And people compare, they say, oh, well, that's not Bill Gates. Bill Gates is the guy that understands everybody, and, and he takes his time to listen, and he, he's, a, he's a good ruler, blah, blah, blah. It's like he's really, he's no different than any of those other guys. He's very measured and reasonable, and he's just trying to solve all the world's problems, and that's a big weight on your shoulders, right? <sighs> So we should get into, uh, there's not a whole lot about Bill's early life. We usually talk about these guys' like early lives, like childhoods and stuff. But Bill, Bill Gates was born on third fucking base. Yeah. His it's early so life boring. is not that interesting. It's not interesting at all. That we, so the documentary, the Netflix uh, um, decoding Bill Gates' brain show, <laughs> Um, I watched one episode of it. I got everything I needed from that one episode. <laughs> there, it's a three-episode series, I believe. I yeah. think you watched the rest of it. I did, yeah. You know, because that's Jordan fucking finishing <laughs> shit. He finishes shit. It wasn't easy, though. No, I know. You did it for the show, and I commend you. By the... About halfway through the second episode, I was just thinking, what are they not... Te- what are they telling me that I cannot find out for myself just looking at Wikipedia for a few minutes? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. There was nothing said on that show that was of any use to anybody. Yeah, and just real quick about this documentary, just to get this out no, of the way. No, let's get into it. It's great. Yeah, sure. The way I see it, and the way I see like pretty much anything that involves reporting about Bill Gates, is it's all about propaganda. They're all propaganda pieces for the Gates Foundation. And this documentary has this weird style to it, where it goes incoherently between stuff about his personal life 
and then stuff a little bit of stuff about his business, but not very much. No, it they has gloss to, over. It a does lot that, of that thing stuff. where it's kind of cutting back and forth between. It'll do a section about Bill as a kid, and this is what this is a story from his childhood, and then it'll go back to whatever he's currently working on, and go back to his Bill as a kid. Like it goes back and forth. It, it's not it's not a chronological kind of story of Bill. It mainly focuses on his philanthropy in Africa, right? But the the way that the documentary is structured, it's structured in a way because if you told if you just chronologically told his story, it would be the most boring fucking story up until maybe when he becomes a maniacal dictator at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Like it's like when he becomes fucking you know Kim Jong Un of computers. That's when things start getting a little more interesting, at least from in terms of watching something. But as a kid, he was just this weird fucking nerd. Should have got beaten up way more often than he probably did. Uh, fucking asshole. Like, he just sat in his room all day. He was a fucking dick to his mom. He was a dick to his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was a, he was a fucking... He complained all the time. Like, he was just annoying. Like, he was just a kid you just wanted to shove into a toilet. I'm not advocating bullying at all, but we're, I'm advocating bullying Bill Gates as a yeah. child. If I had a time machine, I would go back in time and fucking dump his books in the hallway so fucking quick. I'm pretty anti-bullying, but I think punching up bullying is usually okay. Yeah, I'm just saying a little bit of bullying, just a little bit. I, I would say I would call it corrective bullying, you know? Give him a little bit and stuff because I feel like he didn't get enough. There was uh, a time period where he would just, you know, do his, like, brooding teenager thing where he would just go upstairs and just fucking not come out of his room forever. And we all did that. That's that's pretty normal. But I love how they talk about it in the <laughs> documentary. Like it was this time in his life where he was really like going through this auteur moment. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was just so passionate. He was, he so was pa- just me and my friend Paul Allen. He was more rock and roll and I was more technical, right? But we had to figure out how to merge our minds together. And I just said, never stop working. And it's just all these little tidbits about how oh, I was working so long and I needed nourishment, so I just took a bunch of tang powder and just shoveled it into my mouth over whoa, and over again. Whoa, whoa, Dude, that's wild. That's fucking hardcore. So I think about this documentary at the end of it going, all right, what did I learn exactly? Like, the documentary opens with these stupid questions like, what's your favorite food? Hamburger. <laughs> What do you like to eat for breakfast? Oh, nothing. What are you most afraid of? I'm afraid of my brilliant mind stop if it stopped working. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I immediately wanted to just take a fucking tomahawk and just fall face first onto it. I mainly learned that Bill Gates just has a shitty personality and he just likes to spend a lot of time alone he's a sociopath. in a room on his laptop and he's yeah. just drinking Diet Coke and he's chewing on his... He's just... Yeah, just throwing on his glasses, you know, constantly. That's what a, that's what a thinking person does. Yeah, it's like uh, they try to. It's like those weird traits that are like, oh, Dostoevsky or whatever would have used to chew on pencils or something. Like you know, Noam Chomsky, like he he likes to you know uses the same old chair all the time and he rocks around on it when he's really thinking hard. It's just, yeah. Einstein liked to take little cat naps and he slept for 20 minutes at a time throughout the day and blah, blah, blah. Woo. So cool. So uh, fucking cool. He took naps, <laughs> dude. Good for you. Fucking A. Yo, that's when he did his best thinking, when he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I, yeah, I just learned that's, that's, that's pretty much all about him that I really learned from this documentary. Everything else you could just, well, it focuses on, it, it cuts a little bit about his childhood here or there. It tells stories about how, you know, his mother was this successful woman and his dad was a successful guy. He was, you know, never really struggled for anything. Yeah, his, his father always... was a successful lawyer, and yeah, he was raised pretty much upper middle class. Not really, nothing to really complain about or struggle with or anything, and that, that's fine. I'm not saying that, you know, people that are like that are inherently bad people. I'm not saying that. And the documentary... I'm just saying it's not very interesting. Yeah, exactly. It's not very interesting. The documentary tries to sell you the idea that he's like this super hardworking man, and Look, I have no. I'm not saying he's lazy or no, anything. No, no, lazy is quite the opposite of what uh, he is. It's just you know, usually sociopaths aren't lazy, right? But the way they showed how he worked seemed so manufactured and performative. Um, it made me think of you know Gwyneth Paltrow. She has her company, the, the Goop. Goop, yes. right? Well, there was a Netflix documentary about her uh, Goop operation as well. And how she runs the thing, how she's girl bossing the shit out of it, and help and managing her staff. And the thing about her is like she doesn't really need to work or or be there besides just doing appearances and doing PR and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like like Gwen, you've already made your money. Like you can you can just. But you I can think just sit around and this company will run itself. But <laughs> I think she just likes having an office place to just go to, yeah. so she can show up and say hi to the staff and just ruffle some papers around. Yeah, yeah. And go like, oh, my God, I'm so, I'm so busy. <laughs> <laughs> I got so many emails. Oh, gosh. <laughs> when are we getting lunch, guys? Yeah, I know. Like, nine to five, am I right? Yeah, just kidding. I'm not, I don't eat lunch. <laughs> but I, I was feeling a similar thing. I only drink my dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I was feeling, like, the same thing about this Bill Gates documentary. It was, like, just kind of showing how he worked and everything. It's like, oh, I got to show up to the office so I can go. I got to go work in this office. And, like, I, I don't know. It just didn't really seem like he well, had to I, be Well, I think there a first. little bit of it is something that I do relate to in a way where if you're not somebody who's really you know, actually an interesting person, if, if, you're, not some, if you're somebody who's just, like, a dry fucking piece of rock like you're just you're just a dry piece of turkey then if you don't have a job to go to like you don't have a war what are you gonna do like you're just you're just stuck with your boring fucking white meat self Mm -hmm. you know you got nothing there's nothing interesting about you like you just eat like hamburgers who fucking cares like he's the least he's like the most boring individual of all time and if he doesn't have a job to go to, he would just have nothing. Right. Well, it just doesn't seem like he's really enjoying anything. No, because you don't. It doesn't seem like any of these guys, like, they always seem to, when they get their money, they just, it all goes out the window. Like, the mindset changes. Everything about life just changes. There's nothing to strive for. I think that's what really keeps us going as humans. Right. It's having something to strive for. And if you just have everything, then there's nothing. There's something to be said about achieving the American dream. And as far as that goes, I think Bill Gates is probably one of the best people at doing America. Oh, yeah, he does it. <laughs> he <laughs> he does figured it. it out. He manipulates the shit out of that little clip. Yeah. So he did whatever he could to amass his great fortune and, and 
and power and well, he did it in a way of just like just cutting throats and stepping on people and just saying like as as if the ends were just just this this going to be this holy experience and it just turned out to be shit. Right, right. It turned out to be like him just scrambling to to protect his fortune. It's like what you said to me last week where it seems to me like it seems you were you were saying uh, it seems to me like all these billionaires want to do is just kind of hold on to your, their money. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't want they once they get it, they don't they don't want it to go anywhere. They don't want to spend it. They don't want to do anything. They just want to have it. Yeah, they're not really too concerned about making more money. It's just I don't want to lose a cent of what I've accumulated. I just want to sit on it like a fucking dragon, like Smaug. Yeah. Right? To make the platform better and yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't interrupt me. So I want to so get into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation a little bit. The documentary highlighted one project that they worked on, which was putting, basically coming up with a new kind of toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for this one village in Africa, like apparently they just, this at the village in Africa didn't have any, um, didn't have any plumbing, no, no running water, and, and the main problem was they were getting all these diseases and stuff from being so close in proximity to, like, human waste that they were trying to figure out ways to put these toilets in without having to put in all this plumbing, and it's a great cause. I do agree with something like that. It seems to be, like, the fact that they live in this village at all, and they're surrounded by these fucking warlords, and there seems to be, like, bigger problems surrounding the area other than plumbing. Hmm. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it seems to be like that's something you kind of fix after you fix the, you know, the weekly raids of people coming in to cut everybody's tits off. Right. You get to thinking, OK, why is the sanitation so poor? Why don't they have access to clean drinking water? Yeah. And let's come up with a new type of water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that'll fix it. And most of the time it's just due to just just a poor government that just doesn't have corruption. the resources or means or even desire to like, fix constant the civil war and and just just a, no infrastructure he doesn't spend any money on that whatsoever it's about these weird projects and honestly what it is is that he doesn't give a flying fuck about the people over there mm -hmm. he doesn't give a shit about any human soul right what he cares about is there's a problem it's like a puzzle it's like the sunday crossword puzzle to him Right. You know, uh, I want to solve, oh, there's a problem with, with plumbing over there, with, with, with waste and disposal. So I'm going to try and come up with a problem, way to solve that. Not because, like, I care about this place and I want to make it better. It's just because that's just a fun problem for me to try and solve. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of what I get from him. That's the vibe I get. The vibe I get is I want to figure out a problem I can solve. Where's a place I can go and do that where I don't really have to deal with the government so much? Yeah, I, I don't can, really have yeah. to cut through as much red tape. And most of the time, it's Africa because there's just really not that much as well, much it's control the best, over there. It's the best way to launder your reputation, too, because they yeah. do, we've been doing it as a country forever. You know, it's like, oh, uh, anytime you want to make yourself look better, you do something with Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just like, that's like the, the reputation store. You pull up there and you pick something out like, oh, I'm going to sponsor this child or I'm going to, you know, drop off some blankets or I'm going to fucking uh, mail them some mosquito nets and shit. And that just makes you just automatically a good person. Right. And that's why in recent years, a lot of Africa has become this sort of 
tech hub for startups that are trying to get going or for new technologies or new not paying a whole lot of taxes over there i bet yeah (laughs) or for new ideas they just want to see if they can get off the ground and the thing is well it happened in africa so if it happened to fail it's like well is there going to be that much blowback against you is there going to be will anybody even know about it are they uh, who cares if people died they were it was was africans yeah no that that is literally there's no murders in africa (laughs) no none 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 whatsoever because any tragic bad that happens there can always be attributed to something else Mm-hmm. You can always you, you have a million different things that you can point towards. Um, Life is just cheap in Africa. It's sad to say. I mean, it's cheap around the whole world, but I'd say no, it's, it's, it's cheapest awful. in it, Africa. Yeah, and it's disgusting the way that people treat that place, just like their own playground to, you know, try out different stuff. It's just I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, the world needs to start respecting those people a bit more. <laughs> you know, it's just it's so disgusting. I hate it because every time I've actually interacted with someone who is from Africa, like I work with a couple people at my job who are from Africa and they're awesome. They're great people, like super friendly, really smart. And they just seem to have like a lot of ambition and they're really, well, yeah, they're like the most grateful people for being where they are. <laughs> they literally they had to fight fucking tooth and nail to get anywhere. And the fact that if they're not in Africa, if they're in the united states that means that they had to work really hard to get there yeah you know what i mean it's like it's not it's not like you know you can just jump on a boat back in the day oh i love how everybody talks about how oh my grandmother was an immigrant she got on a boat she had nothing in her pocket i was like how the fuck did she get a on a boat with no money oh we're gonna go to the united states some but someday son maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but someday Anyway, later that day, we yeah, uh, got on the boat. <laughs> got in New York. No yeah, problem. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> Set up a fucking car wash business. Bam. Own, own house, everything. It's fine. No, it's, 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 it's really expensive to fucking fly halfway around the world and, mm-hmm. and go to a new country and, like, set yourself up. Like, you need a lot of, like groundwork before you can do that you have to be somewhat successful in the country you're from i'm from the united states and i could not afford to like fly to africa yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could have fucking afford that are you kidding me right now how the fuck do they get if you if they got here they're smarter than i am right you know what i mean they work way harder than i do like i I can't fucking i can't even go to like a, a, a country that doesn't have a lot of money problems you know i can't go to like finland you know it would break the fucking bank I sometimes fantasize about, oh, what if I moved somewhere like Denmark or Germany? Yeah. And then I look at, all right, what's the price of living? Like median income, medium taxes. Oh. Yeah, they don't really want you there unless you're Dutch. I get it. They don't want you there. Like, I was looking at Iceland mm-hmm. and just, I wasn't thinking about moving there. I was just, my mom was ranting about, <laughs> I was like, oh, they have, they have the greatest a variety of jobs and oh they're all green now they're all, my mom's one of those people um you know i, I can't am too but she's kind of annoying about it uh <laughs> and I gotcha. uh yeah it's just like they have like you know they're the most liberal place on the planet and uh, i was looking at that and uh yeah uh they don't they li- they will do not want you unless you are icelandic Mm-hmm. They're like these. These jobs are for people that are people. They're not for some stupid, greasy fucking American to come over here and and take our goddamn jobs. Yeah. Good luck trying to learn that language. First of all. Yeah. No. I don't <laughs> think it's possible to learn that language unless you were born. I think you need to be holding. You need to be holding like a crow's feather. 
and like a piece of driftwood to be able to actually pronounce all the words. Yeah. How would you like to learn a language where all the letters are upside down and backwards? Yeah. And some of them are like, <laughs> some of them are like fucking like mazes that you can actually do and find the end of. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, the thing about, you know, the thing about Africa, like I was saying, it's become this tech hub for startups looking to just dominate in global finance. And I view it as a form of colonialism. I guess you could call it neo-colonialism. Yeah. Well, cause everything like that is done in like a roundabout way, mm-hmm. you know, like colonialism is still going on, but it's done in, in kind of a roundabout way like that. Uh, wars are still being fought, but they're fought by like proxy, you know, like mm-hmm. you can't just like, like we can't fight the Russians directly. So we did it in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we use, we use that, you know, it, it's all has to be done kind of back channeled. Right. And it feels like neo-colonialism, a lot of its main figures are people who are entrepreneurs. And entrepreneur <laughs> is becoming one of my least favorite words. It's horrible. Yeah. I cannot wait to make them so much money <laughs> starting my website. I mean, so many people these days, uh, especially people in our generation, are calling themselves entrepreneurs, which is a nice way of just saying, oh, you know, make your own hours. You get to choose to work 80 hours a week, but don't get any benefits or sick leave. Well, yeah, because the reality is, is that's the only jobs that are still left. We're all just giving lift rides to each other yeah. over and the over. The only jobs that still exist in this country are like pizza, podcasting, and entrepreneur. Yeah. That's it. So we're doing, well, collective, both of us, we're doing Collectively, two we're of doing two of those <laughs> things. And um, the, the third thing, entrepreneur, it, it's literally just like, oh, well, hey, if you didn't get a full ride into this college and meet these people and have this money already to start with, then you're fucked. Uh, <laughs> you'll never own a house. If you're under 30 right now, you're fucked. <laughs> don't, don't think for a second that you're ever going to have, if you, unless you have parents that are helping you out, doing blah, blah, whatever, unless you have some sort of external support network, you're fucked. Yeah, pretty you're, much. You're, 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 fuck you, it's over. You might as well just, you know, sell yourself into that job over at fucking Chili's because you're going to be a waiter there for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, like you, uh, like I've heard before, it's very expensive to be poor because everything costs so much. It's impossible to it's like, impossible save. To it's really hard to move up, you know? So the thing about Bill Gates is, yeah, he started out pretty well off and he was able to amass his fortune his one intuitive thing they did in his life was he, he knew uh, the power of what the computers were going to be. And the fact that he was the first one to really put a patent on it and really turn it into a business is what did it for him. So getting back to Africa and Bill Gates doing all of his stuff over there, the interesting thing, one of the interesting things about it is that Bill Gates' current net worth is over 120 billion dollars chump change right (laughs) but that is greater than the gdp of 23 or over 23 african countries combined damn the only ones that he's not more rich uh, the only ones i think that have more than him are like south africa and morocco and i think egypt Right, so either oil... Some of the more developed yeah, ones. The ones that have either oil or white people. Right. That's the thing, <laughs> You yeah, need one of those say. two things. You need... <laughs> so basically, if Bill Gates were a country himself, he'd be in the top five richest African countries. I don't know why he doesn't just do that. It seems like that's what he wants to do, but 
Um, actually, no, I take that back because there is another aspect of Bill Gates that kind of ties into this a little bit, which is he in interviews, he often gets this question of why don't you want to have political office? Like, why don't you want to be president? Oh, right. He gets this question a lot. Uh, it seems to come up in almost every interview. And he loves this question. It's one of his favorites because he gets to just laugh maniacally mm-hmm. whenever he gets asked it. Because it's such, and it really is. If you think critically about that question uh, for a second, you realize how ludicrous it really is. Because if you were to become president, he would be, he would have such less power. Right. He would have such less ability. He would have so much more restrictions to do what he actually wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like, because right now he could just wherever he wants to go, and, and whatever he wants to get himself involved in, whether it be governments or infrastructure or anything, anything he wants to get involved in and tinker with, and or whether it be policy, um, he can do that. He can buy his way into whatever, and he doesn't have to have any consequences or blowback because of that. Mm-hmm. If you're a president, I mean, all your shit's out on the table. Yeah, you know, and, and you have to worry about your voter base. You have to worry about getting reelected. You got to worry about sort of doing a good job it's, of it's some just, kind. It's and just, it just boggles you're me. You're held sometimes. a lot more accountable. Like, yeah. like the the office of the presidency with all these billionaires around these days has becoming like less and like more and more like just bottom of the barrel in terms of positions. It starts to becoming like a temp job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just give up all my world power to fucking run this country for a little while. No, and that's a good point. Yeah, I would have much less power as a politician than I would just as my own, just being an individual mega billionaire. Well, let's just take uh, let's just take uh, um, his foundation for a second. I want to talk mm-hmm. about. I want to get into the foundation a bit more. And talk about why the foundation exists at all. Because we talked about reputation laundering. You know, really what it is is just billionaires throwing out just enough of a bone to the people, just dropping enough of a care package out to the people to keep the pitchforks from coming to their doors. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you got you to gotta, you gotta throw a, a, a silver dollar out the window every once in a while to land in Lenny's head. Maybe you should see a doctor about that cord in your brain. Maybe you should mind your own business. Afternoon, miss. Oh! Just to keep everybody happy and keep to keep them thinking that you're fine and you get to keep your money. That's what Andrew Carnegie did back in the day. He would drive around and just kind of throw quarters out to people and people would just go, oh, thank you so much. You know, who wants a dollar? Who wants a dollar? What's your name, young man? I don't know. Just give me the dollar. <laughs> give me another one. <laughs> give me another one. Oh, Arthur Fortune. (laughs) Arthur Fortune. (laughs) So good. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, It's all about, yeah, just giving just enough to maintain your reputation as I'm one of the good guys. Right. I mean, yeah, it's there is a interesting uh, the the family, the Sackler family that ran uh, Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Uh, They were the guys that got in trouble for uh, actually got litigated. You know, and got into trouble for the opioid crisis. They were pumping opioids into these hospitals and forcing doctors to prescribe them, and and just they're basically the opioid crisis is their fault. Mm-hmm. And they were slapping their name on the side of literally every single art museum, uh, concert hall, fucking university wing, 
anything they could slap their name off, Sackler, fucking sack, right on the side of it. They would slap their sack on the side of any building that they could fucking find. And there's hundreds and hundreds of these buildings across the country that with their name on it. Mm-hmm. And it's it, all it is, it's just propaganda and advertising. Yeah, so when you see that name, you can think, oh, well, that name's on the museum. Museums are good. Museums Sackler are good. Sackler is yeah. good. <laughs> museum, good. Sackler, yeah. good. You know, museum means good. Sackler means thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? But yeah, so they that's that's their that's how philanthropy works. That's what you do with philanthropy. Like you you spend money to make yourself look good and also to get those sweet sweet tax breaks. Mhm. And uh the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is essentially a giant money laundering service for Bill Gates and all of his money. And it pretty much got off the ground thanks to huge donations from his best friend, Warren Buffett. Oh, yeah, the real humanitarian. Former richest man in the world. It's funny. I looked up his net worth. He was the richest man in the world up to 2008. I guess the financial crisis really yeah, uh, probably took a hit there. Yeah. Yeah. He had a lot going on with that. Oh, no. Now I only have nine, $190 billion. Like all these guys. I had a clean 200. <laughs> like all these guys, they recover it. So one thing I want to talk about with Bill Gates is how does he view working people? And by that, I mean, what does he think about unions? What does he think about teachers? What does he think about education? Because education is something he seems to really want to get involved with. Like he uh, bought some book for all the graduates from in the class of 2018. And it was some book about... (laughs) Becoming an entrepreneur, which probably cost <laughs> probably cost like I don't know three million dollars, I guess. Yeah, tops. Probably what he spends on like a single pencil holder that was made from like the wood of the, the fucking Doku Doku tree. So the richest man in the world goes here. Have a book that I didn't write, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah, but he gets to write off that that <laughs> that three million dollars. Yeah, immediately. Of course he does. Everything that he does to that foundation, he can write off. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is just his checking account. Right. That's, that's all it is. It's like it's, it's a way for him to have his money tax-free. He can put as much money as he wants into that thing, and, and it can't be taxed. And the thing about Bill Gates being really into education is kind of interesting to me because he wasn't really into his own education. He dropped out of college. No, because it's and- reputation laundering to, to, to be pro-education. Yeah, I have a quote from here, uh, from Bill Gates here, where it says, uh, it may surprise you, but the field of education doesn't know very much at all about effective teaching. So he thinks that the teachers are the problem. Oh, God. I think more specifically, he thinks the teachers' unions are the problem. (laughs) Well, yeah, because the (laughs) teachers' union is one of the big ones. Uh, So he's basically anti-teacher unions, but he's very pro-tech. And he's just looking to pump tens of millions of dollars into um, the uh, public school system to sort of revitalize it by incorporating his tech products. Yeah, so he can get all Microsoft products. To, he he's gonna he wants to do to schools what he did with the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm done with the tablets. I've given them as much time as I can give them. They're just too undependable for me. I'm gonna stick with pictures because there just isn't enough consistency in the performance of of the tablets so i just can't take it anymore so he thinks that so in a way he thinks the teachers are are not really the problem but the unions are holding them back 
and it's making things inefficient. And, uh, you know, the thing about Bill Gates is he's a rich white billionaire, so he doesn't like people telling him no. There was actually an article. He also doesn't like workers' rights. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, like, it's just a mentality of these guys, of these CEOs, is that he sees everybody else as, like, mindless working ants. Well, there was an article I read uh, that came out last year, and this was during the summer, sort of in the middle of the pandemic here, and he was wanting to reimagine the New York City's education system by just having Zoom school be a permanent thing, thinking, ah, kids don't really need to go to physical classrooms. They can all just buy Microsoft Surface tablets and uh, have school through that. Yeah. And the teachers were like, hey, wait a minute. They had their ideas about that, too. And they're like, well, wait a second. There's a big difference between an actual in-person classroom setting versus just teaching your lessons online. There's actually a really big disconnect. And someone like Bill Gates doesn't see a problem with that because he's like, well, technology will solve the problem. And I don't know if you've seen what, how kids are doing in school during the whole I online thing. I am so thing. glad that this shit didn't happen to me when I was in school. Yeah. <laughs> I am so glad because, well, for one thing, I don't know, kind of half, because it would be so easy to, to just not do school. Yeah. Like, oh, my fucking internet doesn't work, guys. Sorry. Turn it off. I mean, I'm, I'm taking online classes right now myself, and it's kind of sad because there's about 15 people in one of my classes or in each of my classes, and me and like maybe one or two other people actually have our web cameras on and actually interact with the class and with the instructor, and everybody else is just on mute. It's just a black screen, so you just see this big column of just black screens and it's just like no it, it is very sucks. difficult to get any but i mean i totally get it it's it's a it, it's not real when you have online school like that through zoom it's not real you're not engaging with anything yeah you're in your home you're distracted it's it's just like it's not a good environment to like learn anything you got to go somewhere to do that mhm and there's something to be said about the drawbacks of excessive screen time and I think this is especially a problem with younger people like kids where it's like, yeah, if they're just on screens all the time, I think that has a negative effect on their brain function and on yeah. their psychology. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's not a problem for Bill Gates. He's like, no, like more screen time. It's great. Well, let's talk, about, let's talk about exactly what he did uh, in Washington State, his home state, our home state. Mm -hmm. um, with, uh, in regards to charter schools, mm. because he, th this is a, this is an example of how he uses his philanthropy as a weapon, essentially. Like he can use his money and his foundation to, uh, weaponize his policies and he can undermine the policies of a, of a, of a state. Mm -hmm. So he, um, tried to get this bill passed, uh, several times. It got shot down time and time again of trying to open up all these charter schools and redirect funding towards them. All these schools would have, would not be under the jurisdiction of the actual Washington state board of education. it would be basically under his jurisdiction because it would be his, the Bill and Melinda Gates charter schools. Yeah. Cause these would be private schools, but they still receive state funding. Right. Which is 
I don't understand how that works. I don't <laughs> get charter schools make seem like the worst idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how that was ever a thing. It's sort of like, you know, you know, when you hear something shitty, yeah. but then like it gets explained to you like, oh, but this is what it was intended for. Like, like this house was work on when people try to talk about communism, <laughs> like on paper, it's supposed to work out just fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then, like, you, you kind of see how it works in the real world and what ends up happening, and it's just like, oh, it's it's not really working that way. What are you saying? Communism could still work. I'm not saying it couldn't work. I'm just saying <laughs> in the past it hasn't worked out. Like, the it's always been corrupted, like, immediately. Yeah, because that wasn't true communism. It right. was authoritarian or uh, rule or dictatorships with sort of an element of communism used as its driving force exactly it's just it wasn't ever because it required people to actually be on board and willing to do it it's not just like immediately like oh i can immediately exploit this Mm -hmm. and they just will every time because like i'm not saying that it's a bad idea i'm just saying that humans are awful yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so that humans suck at being humans so they will ruin it right (laughs) So yeah, Bill Gates basically wants to privatize schools as much as possible. Mm-hmm. That way, if it's privatized, he can do pretty much whatever he wants. He can pump whatever product he wants into them to whatever he owns shares in. He could propagate whatever he wants. Uh, he could throw whatever curriculum he wants in there. Uh, and really, it's funny because billionaires tend to just, when they get all this money, when they, when they start getting into philanthropy... They tend to just want to like take their opinions and whatever political agenda they have, whatever political opinions they have, and they're like, "Oh, I can just force this on everybody. I can just buy my I can just buy my way into my my opinion being right." Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just it's funny. It's, it's so e- narcissistic. It's so egotistical to where it's like, "Oh no, I am right, and all these people are wrong." and I don't really care that they think I'm wrong. I'm going to buy my way into this and, and make them know that I'm right. Yeah. I'll have to force them into thinking I'm right. Or I'm going to making any doubt about that really. It's like I made all this money. With. I must be a smart guy. Yeah. I must be smart about everything. Yeah. I'm really good at computers. So I'm also going to be really good at solving disease and making education, the education system better. And he's done this by promoting sort of, again, propaganda about the effectiveness of charter schools and the poor performance of public schools. And there's a documentary that came out about this about 10 years ago called Waiting for Superman. And... More propaganda. Yeah, that's really all it is. Yeah. So eventually, his his case was ultimately shot down by the Supreme Court. And the whole thing was drummed up with hardly any evidence that somehow charter schools perform better than public schools but the fact that he got his his legislation or whatever bill he wanted it passed with whatever dark money funding he was using to like get lawmakers to start pushing this is scary in its own right i think that the solution or part of the solution at least to fixing the public education system isn't about uh, union busting no unions are good it's not about privatizing it's about paying your fucking taxes. Really? That's and all allocating them effectively. Uh, the fact, everything that he does, everything, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, everything that he does is the same thing everybody else does in his position. Mm-hmm. All, everything has to do with getting those tax credits. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, 
they don't pay any taxes on anything that he does, and he can just put whatever money he wants into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how uh, the the foundation still has like fundraisers. Yeah, I love that. I lo- that's such a big dick move where it's like it's literally his fortune. He's keeping it, and he uses the foundation and whatever actual projects they try to do. They actually crowdsource money to get to do to do it. Oh, it's a common thing for rich people to do. It makes me think of <laughs> this is. Maybe a weird example, but uh, Shaq, the basketball player, he started a Kickstarter campaign to get Shaq Fu 2 created, <laughs> that shitty Super Nintendo game. He did. And I'm like, dude, you're Shaq. You fucking. You need Christ. money from us? You yeah. need to raise money to Sit- make a video game? Sitting in his Caesar's Palace bedroom. Yeah. Like, man, I wish they make Shaq Fu. Man, I wish I could. Oh, man. Making a video game is so expensive, though. I mean, I could, I should just, I just need to raise about five hundred thousand dollars, and we can really get this project going. He's I'm like, wearing five hundred thousand dollars shoes, that just like on you. <laughs> he's like <laughs> literally in the clothes he's probably wearing. It's, it's like what it, <laughs> it's all on his fingers, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah. The or rings. around his neck. Yeah. It's, it's all there. Like, <laughs> and here's the thing too about the Bill and Melinda, uh, Melinda Gates Foundation is. It's not that the causes are necessarily bad. Eradicating disease is a great thing. Improving sanitation and water quality is a good thing to do oh, yeah. in struggling or developing countries. It's not the causes that are the problem. It's it's the methods for carrying them it's out. Also the, it's also the intentions behind the, the causes. Like it's, it's the intentions behind what he's doing. It's the ulterior motives. Right. Is what it really is. I mean, it's it's he's doing it for two benefits. He's getting his reputation laundered and he's also getting tax credits. That's literally all it is. It's a win-win. He would how could you not do it? Yeah. How could you not just uh indulge yourself in doing these types of things to make people love you? And he gets to do what he wants because he believes he's smarter than the experts. And the thing is, is the Gates Foundation is it's the second largest donor to global health causes in the entire world besides the U.S. government. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the scary part is that is the fact that he the Bill and Melinda, Melinda Gates Foundation. I mean, by the way, fuck Melinda Gates. That chick's a cunt. Uh, she's an absolute horrific cunt. Um, yeah, that documentary, the, the documentary does really not, not like her. is not flattering for her whatsoever. I don't think that they intended to do that, but they're like, yeah, she's a real uh, go-getter, and she's just like in a meeting being a bitch. That's like what <laughs> they decide to show. All right, team, we got a problem here. How are we all going to solve it? I'm just going to be here taking notes. You all tell me what to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I why mean, do these she's, she's why these billionaires person. i'm just saying like come on bill like of all things why couldn't you get yourself just a fucking gold digging bimbo that we can all know exactly why she's there and you can have some fun blah blah blah, blah. why do you have to get these like fucking cunts to like get on with your to make you feel powerful i don't understand what her purpose is like why she's there I don't get it. It's like, I feel like it, the only thing I think of is that Bill is just one of those guys that likes to literally have his balls stepped on. It's because he likes the strong woman. That's what turns it's, him on. It's, I think a lot of it is, is fine. Some of it is optics, too. Optics, yeah. So you have your eccentric uh, playboy billionaires like Elon Musk, who 
gets with women who are like 20, 30 years younger than him, and he's doing his thing with Grimes, right? Right. And that's totally fine, but Bill Gates... It kind of fits his personality. Right, but Bill Gates is like, I'm a more mild-mannered, reserved, sweater-wearing, Diet Coke-drinking billionaire. Right. So I need to have someone near next to me who just sort of fits into that equation. Well, that's true, because he, he... I mean, in reality, Melinda's running things at home, and he could just go to Epstein's Island and fuck all the boys he wants. I was curious about the Epstein thing, if that was really true. I mean, true. It's, it's true to the fact where he did do deals with him. Mm-hmm. He was there. He was there on the island. <laughs> he was there. It's the thing. It's like there's not a whole lot of hard evidence other than that. But I mean, whatever, what other evidence do you really need? <laughs> right. Since the Gates Foundation is so huge... The thing is, like, they're going to receive all the funding for any kind of cause when other organizations might need it more. And not only that, but the fact that he's they're such a huge donor to public health, really, it ends up being, like, whatever they spend the money on becomes kind of Bill's prerogative. Mm-hmm. You know, he can decide kind of where the, how the money is allocated, which is why they're like, oh, we need to fight polio. Which, yeah, we need to fight polio. Um, that sucks that that's a very preventable disease. And with a simple vaccine, we could cure, we could prevent a lot of these places in Africa, which is where he's doing this, mm-hmm. from getting a very preventable disease. But there's a lot of experts around the area that are saying, contrary to that, that there are much more pressing issues going on right now in terms of public health in Africa, that polio is actually a small fraction of the problem and allocating funds towards it and sidestepping over these other problems in the end is a net negative. Right. They're basically forcing nations to prioritize polio immunization at the expense of vaccination coverage for, for other diseases that might be bigger problems. and Might here, be more, more prevalent. And here's the thing about a lot of these charitable organizations. I think most of them is the way they're set up is to perpetually exist, right? So if you make it your goal to uh, wipe out a disease. Look, diseases are very hard to get rid of completely. There's, uh, most of them are going to surface no, at, at e- some point. Every expert that we've read that we've in the research of this um, has all said that erad- completely eradicating a disease is a, just a big black hole of a money pit mm-hmm. that doesn't really have an end. Because right. how, well, how the fuck... It's like saying, I'm going to kill all the flies and mosquitoes in the world <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, you're yeah. not gonna f- what no you're there's gonna be one you're gonna miss one you know what i mean <laughs> you're just like you got i got them all right here in my net right we're likely <laughs> never gonna at least within our lifetimes we're not gonna get rid of serious yeah. diseases like cancer so you have like breast cancer charity organizations that well, will, yeah, can keep raising we'll always have cancer keep raising awareness about it and funding their operations. Wait, what, so, is, what is breast cancer? I'm not aware of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so not, I, I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I just haven't been aware of, of any disease. Yeah. Right. I don't know about that stuff. I'm I, glad I get reminded every year about it. Yeah. Well, I just wish I was, somebody was out there making me aware of this stuff that existed. So these organizations just get to perpetuate their existence forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's great. It's like, uh, it's similar. It's like the war on terror or the war on drugs. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it's the world. It's it's the forever war, where well, you can just keep getting you can just keep getting rich off of this thing that will never end. 
maybe one day people will just want to stop doing drugs. Maybe. Maybe one day people want to stop making the drugs, thinking... Yeah, maybe someday people will stop doing terrorism. Yeah. Maybe. Probably maybe. not. Probably not, but... We're always going to find a reason to fight each other. Yeah. We're always going to want to get high. Boys will be boys. And often to go together. When your goal for uh, dealing with a disease is eradication. Which is what he implicitly states. He implicitly states that he wants to eradicate these diseases, and that is the model that he's going off of. He is, his plan is to get rid of them completely, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, so when your goal is eradication, then you have to spend your resources on areas where eradication of that disease is going to be most likely, which is probably going to be an area that doesn't have that much damage from the disease in the first place. Yeah, you get you, you set the bar or you you get you get the line the car all just right before the finish line. You know, you get you get the guy right before the finish line. You just all you got to do is nudge him over. Yeah. And then you just fucking So here's this tiny little done. village. Well, we 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 got rid of malaria in this one little tiny village. Great job everyone. Yeah. Aren't we so great? Didn't we do a great job? We, we got our fly swatters, and we ran around the village, and we killed all the mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or everybody in the village died. Yeah. And therefore, the disease died with them. He is technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, so in the end here, billionaire philanthropy is just one big fucking hack. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's one big charade. It, it's all fake. Uh, it is it is a tried and true tested method of keeping your reputation good, keeping the IRS off your back, and continuing to amass your fortune off the backs of people that are working harder than you. Yeah, and the way that these billionaires do it, the way they use their power, it's to influence people, or actually rather to influence people's opinions about just the state of things. They want you to... They're, they want to convince you that, look, the world's, the world's getting better. People are living longer. Poverty rates are going down. And I'm one of the people who's really solving that problem. And that's, that's the thing, is that they want you to turn to them for, to solve the problems. Well, they want you to feel better about the system that allows billionaires to exist in the first place. Exactly, exactly. They want, they want to have it to where like their purpose is, is good. It's good that there's a billionaire. Yeah. That can give money to stuff that can, that can solve issues. They want to take, they want to live in a world where they can exist as a necessity Mm -hmm. rather than a gross kind of tumor that pops up on a system that's dying. What would really help the world is actually to invest in unmaking the whole system that allows them to exist in the first place. Oh, exactly. <laughs> fucking <laughs> what created them? Tax the fucking shit. What created them was really, I mean, this is kind of this is getting into real editorial territory here for me because I I kind of I have this sort of overall hypothesis that history is is cyclical as in it does repeat itself, but each time it repeats itself, it's not exactly repeating itself the same way. It's, it has a different veneer on it. It looks different. It has a different skin on it. But the themes are repeated. Like we saw uh, recently, 
we have we had a rise in white supremacy and fascism and all that kind of stuff and, and those old ideas and, and stuff that came from you know the rise of hitler and, and everything there those were all being repeated again and we can start to piece together exactly why this happens you know when you have a uh, socioeconomic problem uh, coupled with uh, immigration, coupled with all this kind of stuff. That, it, it makes this horrible stew of of just bigotry and hate that people want to find something to blame. They want to not blame themselves. It's not their fault that they're fucking not successful. It's this their neighbor's fault that they're not successful. Mm-hmm. They want to do all that bullshit. So that's what propagates all that. And I think that history is kind of repeating itself again in the way that there's something very Roman about billionaires Mm. and the way that they act uh because back in ancient rome essentially the consuls and caesars were all people that were all rich guys that could just afford to buy an army and take power that's essentially what they did and there's something very like you know regal about bill gates and bezos and zuckerberg like there's something you know along those lines like zuckerberg himself even cuts his fucking hair to look like Caesar. Yeah, he has like, a horrible haircut. Well, that's that's what it is, though. It's he's that's literally what it is. He is his haircut is the the fucking bust of Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. That is that is no joke exactly. That is a quote. That is what it is. That's what he's told people that it is. It's like how Alexander the Great had uh, someone follow him around on purpose to tell him repeatedly, "You're only a man." You're only a man. If if only they had one of those dudes, <laughs> you know, the fucking umbrella guy or something to come around. But th- what I'm trying to say here is that history is kind of repeating itself in a way. It's like the Roman. When this started happening in Rome, it was getting towards the end of the Roman Empire. It was getting towards the end. Like it wasn't completely there. It still had about a hundred years or so, a couple hundred years left. But it was starting to nudge towards the end, and it ended because they basically allowed this system to propagate itself. And I just feel like what we're seeing here, people constantly like try to compare the United States to the Roman Empire. And I think that in a lot of ways there are similarities, but in a lot of ways there are not. Like there's some drastic differences. You can't, it's not a one-to-one comparison whatsoever. But, and I'm not an expert historian either. (laughs) I'm just a dude. But we can learn a lot from that story and what's happening now. And these guys are just going to continually start to just vacuum up power around the area. And I think the system that propagates them, it's really, it comes down to politicians just kind of min-maxing their time in, in office. Yeah, right. Because whatever they do during office, you know, however they're bought or sold throughout their um, administration or throughout their term period, it's like, well, after I leave... Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. So if, if Zuckerberg wants... That's to, the next guy's you know, problem. Yeah. If Zuckerberg wants to pay me fucking $10 million to not say anything, then yeah, that's fine. I'm going to be out of here in a couple of years. So the thing about Bill Gates is like, look, he's not all bad. Like I said, it's not like the causes he's getting involved with that are really the problem exactly. It's just that he wants us to believe that he's doing all this stuff out of the goodness of his heart. But that's the only way to really maintain billionaires existing. And that's to have a system in place that keeps dragging more and more money upwards towards yeah they're like a black hole that just like sucks money towards them and the the thing is too is that the only reason they do exist is because of criminal tax evasion yeah like really it's just i mean through worker exploitation it it, 
I guess not criminal because they technically do this on a legal, in a legal way, but it's a real roundabout fucking, I got a team of 30 lawyers situation. <laughs> and with Bill Gates, he's so dodgy when he gets asked tax questions. Oh, I love it. Because he'll sometimes make these little statements that, yeah, the wealthy should pay more of their fair share. But oh, I love his estate tax thing, he says. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's very pro-estate tax. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can tax me after I die. Yeah, that's fine, because after that, I don't really care. But, you know, don't go after, like, corporate taxes. Don't go after income tax as much. You know, just you, leave me I out. almost thought that he was, like, about to propagate the whole Reaganomics trickle-down thing for a second there. Yeah. Like, that's basically what he's saying. He's like, oh, no, the corporation should make all that money, because then the money will trickle down to the worker. It's just like, yeah, but you actually have to physically do that. <laughs> you know, if you're just sitting there, like, staring at a faucet without turning it on like it should be on i don't know what's going on here well last year when he was asked about that um at some conference or event he was saying like look you know i might be a little biased here but i just don't think like taxing us that much is really going to solve that much and i'm up i'm for a higher tax rate but um, once it gets up to like the 90% or 100% no i get a little bit uh, uncomfortable about that and I don't like what that uh, Elizabeth Warren is saying about it. And, <laughs> and then you look up, all right, so let's say you were taxed 100% Bill Gates. How much money would you still be worth? Still, You'd still be a billionaire. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know about 100%. 100% tax would be all of his money, right? Yeah, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't eradicate all of his wealth. It'd be 100% tax on his earnings. Oh, like that. going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. There, I Personally, I think that there should be, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, what I want is, like, radical. <laughs> well, it. you talked about, well, we talk about minimum wage quite yeah. a bit, but I like the idea of having a maximum wage. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, my, my, what I would prefer to see would be you have it. There's a cap on, like, how much money you could make in this country. Studies have shown that once you start making about $80,000, this was probably a while ago. So let's say I remember six, this study. Yeah. This let's is, say six figures. Let's say like a hundred grand. hundred grand. Or so. Somewhere cool, in there. Cool hundo. A cool hundo. You're not going to get much happier at all no. if you make more money than that. No. Because, I mean, it really does come down to just the adrenaline of just amassing wealth. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's not about, it's not like you need it for anything. It's just, I want to, I, I love the feeling I get when I amass this, <laughs> when I make this money. And look, personally, like morally, I'm kind of an egoist. I want things to be as good as they can be for myself. But as an external factor to that, I want the world around me to be better too. So right. that well, it will be it, better for myself. Exactly, because if the world around you is good, then it's good for you. If everybody else's well-being is better, then mine will be too. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, look, if you're not able to be a billionaire, oh, boo-hoo. Look, everybody else's quality of life is going to be so much higher that... It's not gonna be. It's not gonna matter. I'm not saying and maybe maybe we wouldn't have these horrible problems like we have in Africa if like the wealth inequality was fixed. Yeah, you know what I mean. If like the wealth inequality was fixed, we wouldn't have. Uh, oh yeah, we we didn't even mention the fact that he's 
fucking stepping over four or five heroin addicts when he's walking into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in Seattle. <laughs> when he's or he's fucking flying over Flint, Michigan to get to Africa. That's the thing too. Why isn't he trying to solve any of the problems here in the United States? It's like, well, See, he the could. only thing he's done is try to bust up a teachers union. Yeah. Like <laughs> what a fucking asshole. I just don't get it. Here's the thing. I think about what would I do if I were a billionaire? What if I was? So, what if I were somebody who actually had that much? Well, it money seems like all power? that tax stuff is really stressful. So, like, well, fucking give it away then. What I would do is go on to GoFundMe and just look at everybody's profiles and go like, "All right, I'll fund your surgery. Yeah, I'll fund your. Oh, that'd be great. I would love to do that. I'll fund your like your your uh, you need a new heart. Yeah." I'll fund your, yeah, I'll, whatever it is. I'll just like take care of everybody's medical bills and just like start things on a nice clean slate. And I feel like that would be a good thing to do because that's what's called direct giving. Yeah. And Bill Gates could do something like that and see no move in his wealth. Yeah. Literally none. You could see no <laughs> downtick in his wealth whatsoever. Because all these charitable foundations. They don't really directly give money to any anybody. Oh no, they're a scam. Like if you do like the walk for the cure or any of that kind of stuff, Alzheimer's, all that stuff is complete horseshit. It's not like all this stuff going on. It's not like with all the stuff he's doing in Africa is actually none of that money is really going to Africans. Yeah, I saw a figure that something like like three to five percent of the money actually allocated to these foundations make their way to the ground level. Yeah, only four percent. I I found out or from my research only four percent goes to african ngos and the and even these ngos are mostly run by white south africans oh gosh so you take have to take a fraction of that percent too <laughs> and then uh yeah and because factor you know, that they're in. taking it they're taking it for themselves yeah yeah oh my god yeah well so the main hack here is i think on just billionaire philanthropy itself Right, it, it really is. It's it's. We just got to see it for what it is. You just don't don't walk by the fucking Sackler Museum, and think of like, oh wow, what an upstanding family or blah blah blah. It's like if you even see that name at all, or if you even associate it with a family, like fucking no. They bought that. It's a McDonald's arch. Yeah, on the side of the building. It's no different. Right, right, right. So, and Bill Gates is just the main figurehead. Of this whole, well, he spearheaded thing. the whole thing. He's really made it like this is what you do. Yeah, like he wrote the playbook on like with his foundation and everything, and he wrote the playbook on like how to keep your money, mm -hmm. you know, and how to make everybody think you're a good guy. So is Bill Gates the worst billionaire out there? No, I'd say not. No, there's part there's far I think more there's outwardly evil people than him. Oh, absolutely. I just it's just the fact that, you know, what the basis of the show is that he's the one with the highest praise. And yeah. he's no fucking better than any of them. Definitely not the worst one we could have cuz I feel like eventually we're going to have our, our Lex Luthor fucking billionaire maniacal villain. I don't think it's Jeff Bezos quite all the way. I think he's too crazy. Mm -hmm. He just has a look in his eye. <laughs> whenever i see a picture of him you know what i mean like you just look in his eye like he's just not stable and like i don't think he's stable enough to like <laughs> actually you know buy a private military and take over the country 
Yeah. You know, but I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility from another, for another billionaire to come up and try and do something like that. Yeah, you for know? sure. <laughs> Cause really, I mean, it's like the billionaire class could pretty much band together and do that if they wanted to, you know, it's just a matter of personality. Yeah. So Bill Gates isn't the worst billionaire, but they're also no good billionaires. No, they shouldn't exist. If you're good at being a billionaire, I think you're pretty horrible at being a person. Just being a human being. Exactly. I think once you hit that letter B, that uppercase B. It stands for bitch. Yeah. A switch flips, and suddenly you're just this different kind of entity. Yeah. Meant to seek more power and control. Power and control. Power and control. That's a little control. Control is power. That's power. You know, and that's what all men with power want, or all people with power want. They just want a, more power. What else can yeah. I do? Well, that's the only thing. That's the only thing left. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up here. Um, so, Jordan, uh, where where can they go? You can uh, email us at hacksawpodcast at gmail We post all of our episodes on. Most places you can find your podcasts, and uh, so far we have them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and if YouTube's more your thing, you can also find our episodes on the Hacksaw Podcast YouTube channel, where I make fun little slideshows to accompany uh, the episodes. they're fantastic. I love them so much. And uh, yeah, they're fun, to, they're fun to make, so hope you can check those out. So yeah, until next time, we'll have, a, we'll have something else to talk about. But we'll see when we get there. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye.